This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, May 29, 2020. And of course, we have survived another week. It's final trading day of May. So we survived another month, and we're finally getting back to work. Now, we had a couple of good days start for the week. If you remember right, Tuesday and Wednesday were big up days. And then it just kind of moved sideways a little bit. Anyways, we have some. there's been lots of volatility. There's been a lot of up volatility for you know, ever since it bottomed in March. So that's good. It's not a bad thing. Now the question is, is will it ever get... How long will it take? Because it will get there. How long will it take to to surpass the old highs? See, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people remember from 2009 on. I remember a lot more different kinds of markets where the Dow wouldn't break a new 52-week high for several, for years, for years. It would trade down and up and down and up and didn't break the, the old high for the Dow. We're breaking old high for the Dow for 10 years now consistently. Doesn't mean it has to stay that way, everybody. Just kind of trying to, not trying to put a kibosh on the rally here, but I'm just trying to be realistic. I do think we will surpass the old highs within a few months, a year. I do. But just, just to let you know, historically, that it's not that, it's not a bull market all the time. It's not. Okay, so. At some point, we're going to have to reopen, right? America's going to have to reopen fully. Uh, it's kind of both a social and economic imperative that we do so. Okay, so meanwhile, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty. I mean, with not only reopening economically, but what it will do to the market and what's going to happen. One of the talking points is talking about the, the COVID-19 pandemic and what it's doing to corporate corporations and how they report earnings. We'll get into that later, but I think it's kind of interesting. So we got a lot of market news and financial questions to get to today. For investors, what happens with the stock market can, in large part, determine your ability to achieve financial freedom. So I'm going to do my best to give you unbiased answers to any of your questions. Of course, you know this is a call-in show. Best Talk has always been a call-in show. So your questions are what drive the show, and I appreciate you asking them. So... You need strategies. You need to know how to deal with the volatility. You need to be prepared for what we are seeing and, you know, prepare for the next quarterly earnings, which won't come until the end of this quarter. They're going to be bad. I can tell you that. I'm Steve Peasley. By the way, my number, and you can call right now to get lined up, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I'm Steve Peasley. I certainly hope you'll give me a call. Because uh, through this Invest Talk radio program, the podcast, we try to help you become a better investor. And, of course, one way Justin Klein and I do that is by telling you what we are, telling you our philosophy on things and why that philosophy works. For instance, you know, one of my cardinal rules is don't buy a company that doesn't make money. Why would you buy a company that doesn't make money? Think about that logically for a second. Why would you want to own a company that doesn't make any money. I don't. Does that mean you can never buy one? Of course you can buy one. 
every so often that has great prospects and maybe lots of sales that just doesn't have just hasn't turned profit yet. I'm not saying you never do, but in general, maybe you might have one every so often in your portfolio that doesn't make money. But in general, don't buy companies that don't make money. Okay, so I'm ready for your call. 18, the number is 888-99-CHART. So you know that Justin and I are postponing our traveling trips because of COVID-19 for the time being. We're not sure. I'm hoping I'm hoping to get to them by the end of the year. I usually don't travel November, December because of holidays. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm penciling in October to go somewhere, hopefully the East Coast. So if that's the case, I'll be happy to meet with you. But right now we're doing it via Skype, telephone, having you send us your portfolios, pick up the phone and talk to you about it. And we're happy to do that. We want to do that, of course. Uh, so you can call us or send us an email. Go to investtalk.com, send me an email. Just hit the Contact Us button or give us a call at our office. You know, And we'll talk. be happy to set up a time and talk to you about it. My main talking point today concerns this story. How companies are using creative accounting to gauge the impact of COVID-19. Doesn't that sound like a, opening a door for a lot of confusion? I think it is. The basic theme of the story is that investors should look for signs that companies are kind of piling in too many negative charges, blaming it on the pandemic instead of on the fundamentals of the company. So we'll talk about that. I got some other interesting things we'll talk about, as I always do. Uh, the extra unemployment check of $600 a week, you know, that's been going out there, that ends in July. What's going to happen after that? Is there going to be anything after that? What What do you think is going to happen? Remember, this, this extra money. Okay, and so what will the Fed do next? We know what it's done. It's lowered interest rates. It's it's doing QE, it's buying, uh, 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 it's buying the treasuries, it's buying mortgages, and it's even buying corporate debt. So what are they going to do next? We know they've done that in a big way, right? So now we get back to work. We get everything back to work. What are they going to do after that? They're going to cut all that out? We'll talk about that too. And don't just toss your junk mail. Okay, there might your stimulus check in the form of a debit card could be in a plain vanilla envelope. So be very careful there. Those are the things we're going to talk about. The market was, uh, I, I, it was kind of interesting because the market was waiting all day to see what President Trump would say about the Chinese uh, deal because he's going to make an announcement. And it really was much to do about nothing. The announcements he made, we already knew. Uh, but so the Dow was down 18, the Nasdaq was up 120, and the S&P was up 15. So the broader market was down, the big tech, big cap companies were, were down, but the broader market was up. So what Trump's going to do, I mean, all he's going to do, which should have been done long ago, is make the Chinese company listed on exchange file, file gap numbers, general account, accounting principle numbers. That's it. Pretty much, that's it. I mean, I, there wasn't really anything that was surprising in what he said. So the market kind of you know, shrugged it off a little bit. That's what's happened today. There's other things, and we're going to get to them, I'm sure. But, of course, you come first.
Whatever is on your mind, you come first. 888-99 chart is my number. Let's take a question from that number. 888-99 chart. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Eduardo from Florida. I just had a quick question about AT&T. I've invested a few shares. I think about 15 shares of AT&T right now. Just wondering what your thoughts are on it. I should just be in it for the dividend or, you know, there's any growth in it. I am looking to hold it for a long term. I'd just like to know your thoughts on it. Thank you. Okay, now you don't buy it for the growth. There's not going to be much growth in AT&T. You buy it for that dividend. The dividend right now at the price of $30.86, the dividend yield on that is 6.7%. Okay, so in about, what, 11 years or so, whatever money you put in this, you get, you get it back in the form of the dividend. If you hold it longer than that, it's pure profit. And that not, not taking consideration anything to do with the price appreciation or depreciation. So 11 years, you'll have your money back. That's how that works at 6.7%. About. Okay, I'm, I'm, trust me, everybody. I know I'm not exactly right, but it's close. So you buy AT&T for the dividend. You buy certain stocks because of their dividends. If they're, You want to buy them when the stocks are fairly cheap. And at $30, that's a pretty good price for AT&T. Because they were ranging before the COVID thing when it dropped the stock down to $26. They range, AT&T range from the mid, uh, low 30s to the high 30s. Back to the low 30s, back to the high 30s. So you bought it here at $30.86. Or, or that's a pretty good price in my opinion. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And as we watch the economic activity resume in the many states... I think I can safely say that almost everyone is ready for summer and craving prosperity and something to do and go out to a restaurant, I'm sure. People want life to get back to normal as quickly as possible. We just got to do it safely. In the meantime, how can you better prepare better prepare for the market swings, for volatility? How, how do you prepare yourself? How can you better prepare yourself? So we're going to talk about that. Your participation is an important factor of the mix in this show. So now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your financial investment questions. Anything financial. So we're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday. The weekend is almost here, and Steve Peasley is on duty now, taking your finance and investment questions live. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Sid in North America who wants to talk about Tyson Foods. North Carolina, I'm sorry. What am I saying? North Carolina, how are you doing, Sid? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yes. Do you want to so talk about time? Do you own it? You buy it? Tyson. Yeah, I'm looking for buying it because it is growing well and 52 weeks range shows that it can go up to 100, paying good dividend and looks uh, pretty much good, healthy share to uh, get into the position. So just I like to hear your opinion. Thank well, you I kind of like it. I, I, I kind of like it. I like the idea. I, I, I really do. Uh, Sid is Tyson Foods, symbol TSN. 
produces beef, chicken, pork, and related uh, uh, products for grocery retailers, wholesalers. They're going to make, they, okay, 2019 is $5.46 a share. Then this year, they're going to go down to four forty-eight. Then next year, and that's only because of the economy, you know, you know, they're having trouble in the COVID-19 thing. Next year, they're going to rebound to $6.05. And it's a $61 stock. So we're talking about a 10 PE going forward. And the range is 8 to 18. So it's near the low point of its range. It pays a 2.7% dividend. It has $8.47 cash flow. Return on equity, 15%. Has some debt, but not a lot. Management owns 2%. And mutual funds are about, they're not buying, they're not selling. They're kind of holding it. I like it because it's slow growth. It's still growing in sales. And I like it because of that dividend. And it's it's a non-cyclical kind of stock. Food usually holds up pretty well. It fell hard in in uh, the low of mark, uh, you know, the low in the market. And then, since then, it's been kind of trading sideways, 55 to 60 and it's at 61. So I think it's basing, I think it's basing to set up another rally up, Sid. So I kind of like it. Fundamentals tell me it should go up. And I have a value of about 80 to $85 on the stock. So I, I kind of like it. Thanks for the call, Sid. On Fridays, I try to reserve time to fit in a quick rundown of key benchmark numbers. So let's go ahead and do that. The two-year treasury yield is at 0.16%. So you get very little for a two-year treasury. A 10-year treasury is 0.66. It's a very good spread between the two-year and 10-year. That's a healthy spread. You're just not getting much for your money. Gas per gallon prices nationwide, $1.97. California, of course, is $2.88. Iowa, it's at $1.88. So we're always out here spending a lot of money on gas. I'm not sure why. Oil is priced at $32 a barrel and gold at $1,722 per ounce. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have posted all new Best of Invest Talk show. It's in the condensed podcast and ready for your free download at investtalk.com. You can also find it at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Search Invest Talk with two T's. And now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Talk. All 50 states have started reopening their economies, but with different stages and at different paces. But now you've got finance and investment questions and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. That's my number, everybody. You can give me a call. Love to talk to you. Okay, um, let's see. What do we want to I just gave you all the oil numbers. You're listening to Invest Talk. Okay, let's go to my main talking point here. I think that would be a good thing. How companies are becoming creative with accounting uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, all public companies have to have to use GAAP accounting. GAAP, General Accounting Principles Accounting. That means they've got to present their numbers in a certain way, but they can also present their numbers in different ways 
as long as they're not misleading. Okay? In other words, they can say, here's the gap numbers. But if we didn't have the COVID-19 thing, the numbers would have been this. It would have been much better. The, and they've been doing that for years, by the way. COVID-19 is just going to be the newest excuse they're going to use to say that the numbers are bad because of the things we had to charge. You know, we had to put plastic in our restaurants. We had to only open up 25%. Whatever they say, they'll blame it on the COVID-19 pandemic, saying that's why our earnings. Now, this is something that is common even if we didn't have this COVID-19 thing. But since they do have it, they're going to use it. And they're going to put things in there that probably has nothing to do with COVID-19 or very little to do with COVID-19. You know, uh, why they lost money in Texas or some other part of the country. Maybe they just screwed up on inventory. But they'll say that was because of COVID-19 and we couldn't get our trucks delivered because, you know, it's partially shut down and we couldn't. You know, that's, that's what we're saying, this article is saying. Be aware that they're going to use COVID-19 for a lot of excuses why they didn't make their numbers. That's all we're saying. So when you look, always look at the gap numbers first. Those are the numbers that are really important, the gap numbers. Okay, let's go to Joe in Vacaville. Joe wants to talk about tech stocks. Hi, Joe. Hi. So I have a question about uh, tech stocks that I'm looking to buy. Um, I'm, I'm looking at QQQ, but I'm also considering individual stocks. And I wanted to get your opinion on, um, you know, do I want to go with the ETF or, or individual stocks like Apple or Intel? Uh, currently, I'm waiting to buy as, they, as QQQ is hitting a resistance level, I think, right now. Um, but I just wanted to get your, uh, your opinion on uh, the ETF okay. versus stocks there on protect. Okay, good question, Joe. So the QQQs, everybody, that's the symbol, QQQ, is the NASDAQ 100. And that NASDAQ 100 is full of tech stocks and the biggest tech stocks. Um, one of the problems with the Qs, and I don't want to necessarily call it a problem, but it's also with the problem with S&P 500, is the big giant tech companies, which is Microsoft, Apple, uh, Facebook, you know, the big guys, you know, uh, Google, uh, they kind of drive that the queues. They represent about 25% of the queues. So, you know, there's 100 stocks in there. Well, what about the others? So if, you're, if you have a big enough portfolio and you can buy, you know, a, a few tech stocks in addition to your other kinds of stocks, I'd rather, much rather see you buy the, the tech stocks themselves than the cues. If you don't have the ability or the time to do the research, then just buy the cues. You're, you're fine buying the cues. Just know that it's dominated by the big tech. And maybe that's where you want to be at, the big tech. So then, then it'll be fine. So it's not a question of either or. It's a question of what do you feel more comfortable? Do you feel more comfortable picking your own stocks in the tech sector? Do you, do you think that you can pick you know, those stocks and do a little bit better with them than the Qs overall? And the answer is no, you can't. Just didn't buy the Qs. Okay, Joe? Appreciate the call. Good question. You know, and that's a question for any part of the market. 
You know, do you feel comfortable picking your own dividend-paying stocks? Or do you want an ETF, exchange-traded fund, like the Q's, that concentrate on dividend-paying stocks? You know, that, that, that's really the issue. And you can do it. And to get instant diversification. See, so it's really up to you and how much interest, how much time, and how knowledgeable you are. And, of course, I want you to be able to manage your own portfolio eventually. At least I want you to know the basics of doing it, at the very least. Okay? Mind you, that of course, that's what we do at KPP Finance. We manage people's portfolios. But that's only if you're not comfortable doing it, or you don't have time, or you don't have the knowledge. Or maybe you can't you can't afford buying the databases we buy, you know, because that's gets expensive. Stuff like that. Okay, small businesses are beating uh, are the beating heart of the U.S. economy. We know that, right? I mean, a majority of it, uh, of the workers in the United States are working for small businesses. So here's my trivia question for today. Okay. And okay, so they you know they employ more than half of the people out there, workers. So before COVID-19, how many small businesses were there? And on average, how many days of cash buffer did small businesses have on hand to pay expenses? So how many businesses, small businesses are there? And how much cash do they have on hand? I'll have the answer after the break, but now we're taking your market and financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. Their debt-to-equity ratio is fairly low. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. I was wondering if you could shed a little bit more light on ExxonMobil. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Robert in San Leandro. He wants an ETF follow-up. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 22 million. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been listening to you guys for two years, and I absolutely love your show. InvestTalk.com. You are listening to InvestTalk. On the calendar, summer will be here soon. But now you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, 888-99-CHART is our number, and I asked a question, a trivia question before the break, and so here's the answer. Well, the question, <laughs> excuse me, before the COVID-19 uh, outbreak, how many small businesses were there in the United States and on average, how many days of cash buffer do small businesses have on hand to pay expenses? Okay, before the COVID-19 shutdown, there were about 30 million small businesses in the United States. 30 million of them. Guess how many days worth of cash buffer they had. This is according to J.P. Morgan Chase. 27 days of cash buffer. You know how many days they've had to stay closed? Huh? More than that. More closer to 60 days. 
So, the Small Business Administration says that small businesses are typically, that the, the, the definition when are, they hire less than 500 people, or have less than 500 people on payroll. Okay, and they, they contribute two-thirds of the net employment gains from 2000 to 2018. A large swath of U.S. Uh, are opening, but if you're a small business, you got some tough questions to answer. Should you, have you, first of all, did you survive? You only had 27 days worth of cash. Second, if you opened up, is your model, business model, going to work at half capacity or whatever restrictions they're going to have on it? Will your customers come back? How can you keep workers and clients safe? These are going to be very difficult questions to answer for these small businesses. These are expensive things that they're going to have to do. They may not, they don't have the money. I, you know, it, there's going to be a problem here. 88% of the small businesses suffered a large or moderate negative effect from the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the Census Bureau. There's a survey done on May 16th. Pretty tough things for a small business guy. I'm one of those. I'm lucky, knock on wood, because I could still operate from home and there was no interruption of business for me, except I couldn't go anywhere and meet new clients, that kind of thing. But Okay, let's go ahead and start up and take some more questions here. Let's go to Robert in Pleasanton. How you doing, Robert? Doing well, Steve. Thank you. I'm calling Absolutely. today about Starwood properties. Uh, pretty attractive yield, but I don't know if that yield is really safe or sustainable, I can get your thoughts on it? Well, it's probably going to get cut because of the COVID-19 thing. Uh, it's not going to be at 14.5% like it says, because uh, you know, they're, they're, they're probably going to get cut. Their earnings are, are going to take a big hit, okay? Uh, but I still think that, for instance, they're going to, they made $2.19 a share in 2019. They only made $1.80. In 2019, 2020, $1.85. So the, 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 the sales are taking a hit, but they're able to squeeze a profit because sales went from 15, 20% growth to the last three quarters to 1%, 2%. So it's a REIT. Starwood Property, STWD, is a real estate investment trust that focuses primarily on originating finance, financing, managing mortgages. So now interest rates are very low. It's a tough question. You're asking a tough question there, Robert. I, it won't be the huge yield that you see at 14.5%. That's not going to happen. But the stock got cut in half from 20, what, $26 or so down to $13 now. It went all the way down to about 8 So... I think if this company, they have lots of debt because it's some, you know they're financing mortgages, so that's normal. So don't worry about that part. Um, the question is, will their underlying businesses be able to pay the mortgages that they that they're managing and and they focused on and originated? And the question for them is, well, if they do and they can, then it's a great buy, Robert. Great buy. So how many foreclosures are they going to come up with? And no one has that answer. I mean, this is, we don't know. I think it's a pretty pretty reasonable bet to buy this company and they're going to make $1.87 next year and it's a $13 stock. I think that's a reasonable price and taking those risks. So I would give you a thumbs up on it. Okay? Appreciate the call, Robert. Thank you. 
Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers this morning. And, of course, I try to put all the pertinent economic and stock market information there that, that for the week that I think you need to hear. So earlier this week, the April Beige Book report was released, and that's the, you know, that's a report from the Federal Reserve, 12 regions of the Federal Reserve, talking about the U.S. economy. Okay, and as expected, the statement was bleak, right? I mean, what does it look like? This is, you know, we've had, we're terrible. It looks bad. But there was one bright spot in it. Auto sales appear to be picking up in May. So there's at least that. The week initial jobless claims, 2.12 million. Last week it was 2.45 million. Was that 40 million jobless claims? The good thing about that, though, the good thing about that is that the continuing claims dropped by about 3, 4 million, meaning people were going back to work or finding jobs, you know, whatever, something. GDP was revised down. This is the first quarter from a negative, from a shrinkage of 4.8 to a shrinkage of 5% for the first quarter. And everyone is expecting a huge plunge in the second quarter. 20 to 40%. I've heard those extremes. 20% is the plunge, is the best number I've seen. So, <laughs> looking ahead, pending market corrections might provide advantageous opportunities for investors. So the upcoming conflict with China, I said in the newsletter, might be one of those bumps that might give you an opportunity to enter the marketplace. Okay? Uh, and that was the first section that I talked about, things that I talked about in the first section. The portfolio management section talked about when deciding whether to invest in a particular stock that there are numerous factors to consider, and I listed them for you. Not just the P.E. ratio, everybody. Not just, you know, you got, every company has pros and cons. And so you got to weigh the pros and cons. If you can't find a con for a company that you're looking at, you're not looking hard enough. There is no 100% pro for any company that I've ever seen. Because there's always something that you can find that, mm, I don't like that part. But that might be minor, but you still got to understand. You got to look at it realistically. And that's the kind of things I talked about. What kind of company is it? What's the, when is the industry? What do they have competitors? How strong are the competitors? That kind of thing. You know, there's all various factors. And the stock ideas, I gave two. One was kind of unusual. Don't really talk about the kind, the kind of company very often. Um, elevator company. Uh, fairly new on, a, on the market. That usually I don't recommend, and there's not much growth. But there's a certain part that might give it some really good growth going forward. Remember, you always look forward. Don't look back. You look forward. So, and then I talked about a food company. Makes breads, rolls, other bakery items. And, you know, growing their business 5 to 7%. And they're doing very well because it's COVID-19 crisis. So that kind of thing. Consumer Watch. I never know how to say this word. P-H-I-S-I-N-G. Fizzing? Not scams. Fizzing. I just never, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say that word. I'm not sure what the pronunciation. P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. Anyway, they have been on the rise uh, since the stay-at-home coronavirus environment that we're living in. 
And what they do is, you know, what, what this is, is they have a piece of your personal information usually already, and they use that piece of personal information they know about you, pretend that there's somebody official or from your bank or from credit card company or from the government. They use that, that information they know about you to extract more information, personal information from you. And then they use that and go steal whatever they can steal from you online. So there's always a bunch of stuff in the newsletter I think that are interesting and I think you should pay attention to. But, you know, you go to investtalk.com, you can sign up for it, you know, pretty easy. So I encourage you to do that. You can go to, um, you, you, now, if there's any of these questions, any of these things that I've talked about raise a question in your mind, you can always ask us. You can call me or Justin, reach us at KPP Financial and call our Irvine office or send me a, an email through investtalk.com. Click on the contact us buttons on both those websites. They're all over the place. And you can ask the questions. Okay, let's go to another the voice bank question. This time for a listener in Florida who called on the 888-99 chart number. Hey, Justin, Steve. My name is Ron. I'm in Fort Myers, Florida. I'm just calling about gold. Um, you guys talked about it a lot in, on your podcast. Um, I currently uh, hold some Kirkland Gold KL and some SSR, a mining company. SSRM, I apologize. And I was just curious, you guys are talking a lot about when it pulls back a little bit to uh, invest more. What, what do you expect that pullback to be? And, and are the prices right now good to buy? I'm a, kind of a young investor and just uh, I think that would be, a, I think gold's still a good play long term, as you guys have said. And uh, with the little amount of money I have, I think it's still something I should go into. And on that note, what's too much? Is there too much of a non-diversification of putting into gold? Uh, appreciate the podcast and uh, look forward to listening to uh, you guys' answer on the call on the next talk. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, there's too much. There's a, a I try to stay in any one sector no more than 15 to 18 percent somewhere in there. Uh, and so, if you Kirkland Lake Gold a KL. Uh, it was trading recently uh, at well, close to $44 a ounce, $44 a share. Then it fell down to almost 36 a couple three days ago. Now it's at 38. I think that's a that's a pullback you're looking for to buy, because I don't think you're going to get much of a pullback. I just don't. I don't think it's going to be that big of a pullback. Gold had a few days here that it fell and it popped up nicely today. So. Um, Buying gold, if you're you know if you're going to buy the gold mining companies and Kirkland Lake Gold KL is a ten billion dollar company, it's smarter to be with the bigger companies. The smaller companies are much more volatile than the bigger companies. You know this one is a Canadian company engaged in uh, mining and mineral exploration in Canada and Australia. They make money. Their earnings are going to go up ten percent this year. 20% next year. Sales are in, increased the last quarter, 82%. This quarter before that, 47%. The quarter before that, 71%. So you've had some really great movements for the company. So I think it's got higher to go. It has hit resistance in the low 40s, meaning it's having trouble breaking up above those. But if gold prices still going up, mining, mining companies will go up. And I do like, well, I can't say that, maybe. I do like the silver uh, precious metals as now because gold has made a nice run. I think silver is going to catch up. Just my opinion there. 888-99 Charter is our number. 888-992-4278. Okay, love to talk to you. Uh, 
Um, okay, um, take a look at, uh, let's go to, uh, uh, you know, what? Okay, you're listening to Best Talk. Oh, I'm, I'm listening to my engineer in my ears, guys. That's why sometimes I sound a little uh, confused. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and yes, the economy is reopening phases. And most of us realize that the resumption of the strong level of economic activity is going to take a while. We know that. And while this event plays out, life goes on. Now, the clock is ticking, and the counter advances. Just all it is. We can't help that. But you can't allow your retirement objectives to be controlled by the pandemic. You've got to keep those in mind. Remember what our goal is, financial freedom. You need to take steps to get there. Okay? Uh, and you can do it. It's not like it's impossible. You just need to pay attention. Okay, so I encourage you to, to reach out to Justin and myself at KPP Financial. We'll help you with that. We want to help you with that. So whether you're a conservative investor edging closer to retirement or a younger worker looking for more aggressiveness and more aggressive opportunities that might be out there, we can customize investing strategies for you. We have a number of them. Again, the goal is financial freedom for everybody. Financial freedom. Now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your financial questions. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Do you have questions about FDIC security, mortgages, money market funds, losses to your retirement plans? Give us a call today, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Okay, the extra unemployment check you're getting for $600, you know, unemployment benefit check, $600 every week, that's going to end the end of July. Okay, so what's then what? What's going to happen? Well, there's an economist named Heidi Scherholz, an economist for the Economic Policy Institute. That's kind of a left-leading think tank. Remember, there's left-leading think tanks and right-leading think tanks. I read them both. I want to know what both sides say. But she says, uh, and that's, of course, out of Washington, D.C., she said it may cost more jobs when it stops. She believes that the $600 is having a multiplier effect in increasing the GDP, and there's no pool of jobs just waiting for the people to return to work. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with her. I don't know how many what the size of that pool of jobs are. And when you get an extra $600 a week, that's money that's going to go into the economy eventually. But I did her. I heard later today that. The average saving, I don't know if it was J.P. Morgan said this or not, I don't remember, said that there's that the average worker has more money in his account now than he had before the pandemic. Kind of tells me maybe they're not spending that $600 a week yet. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, the work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888 99 chart. On the next Invest Talk, why investors started pouring trillions of dollars into ETFs, exchange traded funds. That story Monday. And now Steve Peasley is here and he'll have unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99 
Sharp. Yeah, hey, Stephen Justin. This is Landon from Michigan. I was calling to ask about materials as a sector and how important you guys think it is to own them in your portfolio. I'm a fairly new investor, and I'm still getting my core holdings into place. So I was just curious if this would be a good time to buy into the sector. Also, I would like to get your opinion on the company Nucor, N-U-E. Thanks, guys. I look forward to listening to your answer on the podcast. Now, of course, Nucor is uh, it manufactures steel, steel products for the automotive, construction, machinery, and appliance in, uh, industries. And I think it's probably too early. During the COVID bear market, it fell down to like $28 a share. Today is at 42 so it's already made a pretty good comeback. But they're going to they're gonna go from making $4.23 in 2019 to $1.71 this year. Then, then next year, two seventy-eight. So it'll probably have a decent comeback. Dividend is three point eight percent. That's good too, and they don't have a lot of debt. So those are the good things. Sales for the last four quarters has shrunk, four quarters in a row, everybody. So not just the COVID nineteen problem. They were already having an issue. So how much is two dollars and seventy-eight cents worth? What kind of uh, you know PE should it earn? Well, their range is 6 to 29, and $2.78, that's what, uh, the 15 PE, 17 PE, so that's not cheap. So I just don't think it's, you know, if you're going to buy it for the dividend and be patient, it's a good blue chip stock, good company, made money for a long time, then okay. I can see that being, you hold it for the dividend, 3.8%, and wait for it to return and it will come back uh but what is that worth what is the company worth see i think it's worth right about where it is about 42 dollars a share so it's not one of my on my buy list because of that okay okay so you know what the fed has been doing the federal reserve you know they've been queuing quantitative easing by buying mortgages by treasury bonds and uh, corporate debt in a big way and they've said they were going to do whatever it takes Right, but what's next? What are they going to do after that? What happens when if the economy comes back? What happens? Well, a Goldman Sachs economist says uh, they're not going to take any moves anytime soon, and they're going to be more interested on in controlling the yield curve, and they've never done that really before. So, in other words, they want. Remember, I mentioned earlier in the show that there's a decent yield curve between the two-year and the ten-year. They want to keep it that way. And they're going to, he thinks they're going to manage that to keep it that way. So, and he thinks they're, they're going to settle down to about 80 to $120 billion worth of QE in treasuries, 25 to $35 billion in mortgages. And they won't be changing interest rate, he thinks, until their, their, the economy is fully employed again and we have 2% inflation. So interest rates are going to stay low, low probably a long time. I thought that was interesting. I kind of agree that that part. I don't know about this controlling the yield curve. I don't know if they can control it. They can try. They have big influence, that's for sure. But I'm not sure. I, I haven't ha- got a good explanation why they think they have to. Yeah, so. 888-99-CHARTERS our number. 888-992-4278. You can call me anytime you want. We'll be happy to talk about it. And just so you know, you know, the government is sending out 
you know, checks, right? Those stimulus checks. Well, this week, last week, they started sending out debit cards. Okay, and they sent them out in a plain envelope. You got to be really careful because you think it's junk mail and you don't even open it. Throw it away. So be very, very careful. Open up all your envelopes. It's a prepaid debit card coming from the Treasury and the IRS. They started it last week. They sent out 4 million of them so far. So be very aware that you might get a debit card prepaid. Don't throw it away. I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for listening. I will return on Tuesday. Justin Klein will be here on Monday, the first day of June. And please tell your friends we have posted a new Best of Caller Questions podcast. It can be downloaded for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Everybody have a great weekend. of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.